Hello and welcome back to Property Matters on Dublin South FM and on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Joining us today is returning guest Robert Colleran of Robert Colleran Property Consultants, an Irish company that specialises in development land sales and, of course, commercial property. Robert, you're very welcome back. Development land, it's a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on again, Carol. Really appreciate it. Um, Um, my pleasure. And in fact, before we started recording, I actually spoke to you, uh, you know, a little about development land because it is such a hot topic at the moment. But there's huge confusion. Uh, yesterday, I was at an industry event where a very, very senior, two two very senior figures in the industry were, were one made the comment about development land being so expensive and that being a prohibitive factor in development. And the other senior figure said actually no development land is pretty worthless and part of my job is telling developers development land is worthless right now in the current environment where we can't get planning we're st- everything is stuck for two three months and it was a really interesting perspective i'd never heard anybody come out and say say that about development land but there's so much uncertainty at the moment. So tell me, how, how are you seeing things in the marketplace? Um, I think housing is, is still good. Housing is strong, um, especially if it's if it's residential zoned land. Uh, key is serviced, uh, if, it's, if it's well serviced. Um, like the difference between housing and I suppose apartments is you, you can build as you go, like you, you can build in tranches. Uh, so you don't have to build it all as one lot. Uh, construction costs are lower. Um, and then you'd like to think that you'd be more successful with planning. Uh, whereas in terms of, I suppose, a lot of the apartment sites, it's the, it's really down to the, the cost of construction. And then it's, 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 it's kind of getting all the, I suppose, the architectural sign-off for fire rating. And then, you know, as soon as you start building, um, you, you, you have to go and build the entire. Like, I'll give you an example. I, I was involved in a, a site sale. Uh, it's still going through, but the site sale was building uh, 98 apartments. And then between April and now, the the, the cost of construction went up by 4 million. So and what, what's that in percentage terms? on the? Uh, on I'm the not too sure the overall percentage because I, I'm involved in the sales side. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're involved on, on, on the construction side. So I don't see their spreadsheet or their build-out costs. But, you know, in terms of that, it was a significant uplift. So then what do they do? They they have to go back to their funder uh, with, with a revised costing to say, hang on a second, you know, this isn't isn't costing X, it's now costing Y. And can we tweak the plan slightly to, to cut it back so it could be kind of less space and space and, and, and change the truth? But the reality is they 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 got the uh they got the funder to 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 come back again. It's it's like getting a, a mortgage approval and then going back again and, and getting Looking a change. For more. So that's the problem. It, it, it's it's more to do with funding and not necessarily the purchase, but the the development of the of the project. And then a, a lot of developers are nearly trying to to line up a takeout. So so if that makes sense, so they need to buy a site with planning permission, or else do <coughs> something where the deal is subject to planning permission. So, for instance, I have a site at the moment, and it's it's only a small site for eighteen apartments, and their funding partner backed out, and uh, they had to get another partner to 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 step in, 
and they're talking to approved housing bodies. So it'll end up being for social, but they need to line up that takeout. So it's de-risking it. So, yeah. so in a sense, they can nearly forward fund it saying that, oh, we've, we're going to get X price per unit from DCC for X outfit. So it could be Peter McFerry, it could be to it to a or you know respond yeah. or focus Ireland, one of these groups. So so a lot of that that is happening. Uh, otherwise, like there's there's no one really well, there's very little built built to sell because the cost of construction is 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 just too high. So it, it's planning uncertainty, and then the 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 risk. You know, at the moment construction costs, you know, they haven't fully leveled off they haven't started coming down yet so everybody if you're looking at a feasibility you're you're looking at what's what's the cost now so no like if you're looking at layman's terms like it could cost you like a site cost could have been ninety thousand for an apartment site in city center that could be down to 65 70 now so you know then the, the the land values have to come down so what you were sitting on two years ago you're, you're now having to go back and say, well, the, the, the land value for the site now has to come down in line with uh, construction costs. It has to be feasible. There's so many factors at play here and they're all they're all kind of almost pulling against each other. So like, just say the example of the one you were talking about there, the one for 98 apartments that went up by 4 million. Mm. Did you get any sight on what what was driving up that four million like was it materials was it any materials uh yeah it was mainly materials uh so it'll be your timber plastics um supply yeah like your your timber uh, it's it's probably you know delays in supply timber uh plastic steel um all the all the rest but also not only that as as i touched on it's it's the sign off for the uh you know, for the fire rating, fire stopping, you know, since Grenfell Towers, you know, was so much stricter. Um, you know, that's that's kind of one of the main drivers there. But it's it's not just that, it's interest rates, it's inflation, it's build cost. So all of that combined with supply, you know, like labor costs are up. Uh, I think it'll start coming down, but uh, it hasn't started coming down yet, but maybe quarter three, quarter four this year. Uh, you might see some some, some price reduction in, in, in development. Um, you mentioned funding partners. Are the pillar banks, are the main banks lending for development at all at the moment? Um, they will, uh, but it would, it would be on the basis that the, the, the site has planning permission and the site has planning permission and maybe, maybe a takeout. But like, you know, your housing sites, yeah, they, they'll, they'll, they'll lend for those. But if you went to a if you went to a bank with a site without planning permission, then then you you'd struggle to 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 get to get for them to lend for the development of it. What they'd nearly do is uh, you might have to go to an independent lender like your your Lotus Castle Haven or or, or, or somebody else, uh, and they'd lend for a period of time till you got your planning permission. And then once you got your planning permission and had your 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 I suppose your takeout, you you'd go back to a pillar bank and maybe refinance it and 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 look to do that. So yeah, but from from the sounds of it, even the pillar banks are are only essentially working as, you know, bridging under another name. They're essentially hmm. only doing that if they see their exit, they see the buyers. So yeah, they won't that's... they won't take on a a site without planning permission. 
Mm. Uh, like you know, they won't fund development without without that in place. It's 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 too risky. And then like even at that, the I suppose the, there's a there's a big planning risk. Uh, you know, <clears throat> everybody's talking about NIMBYism. You know, objections. Uh, you know, if you look at the delays and and the Ferrara with on board Planola, and um, you know, there there were there were there are planning applications going on for two 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 years or longer. Um, delays. Like I, I was involved in one for a co-living scheme. They got the co-living planning permission at the end, but it it took so long. It, it was the guts of two years. But um, they, yeah, I, it, you know, and I, I think it's frustrating. I think it's it's almost kind of a, an an insult to the industry where you can be looking at an application that might cost collectively or, or altogether it might cost one point five million or thereabouts and. The delays, mm. the penalty you're getting for those delays, what ten thousand capped at ten thousand. You know, it's not fair. It's not adequate compensation for the delays no, I think that I are being totally faced. I agree with you. Like, like somebody could be on the line for building, mm. you know, a few hundred units, and they could be spending, you know, five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand yeah. euro, um, to get a planning refusal. So if you got a planning refusal after spending over half a million, uh, you know, you'd have to put that into your into your into your costing. Uh, and and that could that could break somebody. And the planning, I, I suppose, I, I definitely don't want to dwell too long on this because it just feels like uh, over the last twelve to eighteen months, every time we discuss planning, um, it is just it, it's a basket case right now. Mm. Do you know what's happening in a board? It, it, you know, it's almost farcical. Like, it, mm. are what what's the feeling amongst your clients? You know, the people who we depend on to deliver, whether it's residential or commercial. I mean, have they any confidence left in the in the planning system? It it all depends on the site, Carol. It, it, it kind of depends on the site and the due diligence. Like most, you know, most developers will have their own architect, their own planning expert, and they'll give them a conservative opinion on it. And then what they'll do is they'll, they'll base their costs on the conservative opinion on it. And uh, but you know, going for you know the extra few floors nobody's going to back that uh, and, and 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 put a be- put a bet on it you know you're you're nearly going to go on this is what I, I i'm sure i'll get based on what's in 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 the area what's beside me what precedent is there yeah but, you know and- it, it depends it all depends on the site really it's site, site specific but generally housing seems to be good and then sometimes i think what what developers are nearly saying in some cases less is more so rather than trying to fit as many apartments on a site as possible, uh, they might go for a, a lower density scheme in some cases because it might be uh, more profitable to build out. And then even like I, I sold a small site in Shankill and then the, uh, the purchasers decided to go for housing instead of apartments, um, given given the cost of construction, given viability of it. But I, I presume as well they're coming into a marketplace where they know the demand is very, very strong. And oh, it's extremely strong for housing. Like your yeah, your, your, yeah. your your housing supply is is at an all time low. Um, you know what what's nearly better are the commuter belts. And um, if you look at the big, you know your Glenvays, uh, your Cairns, you know they're going for the outs, outskirts or commuter belts, and then you know they're going for a price point the minute they build. They'll have, they'll have, they'll, they'll have, they, they can pre-sell off the plans. You know, if you're, if you're in around the commuter belts, you, you, you can nearly have it pre-sold. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. But for housing in particular, uh, look, like the the re, the apartment sales, you know, secondhand apartment sales are strong. And then just talking to resi agents, um, what they're all saying is, look, there's, there's a lack of lack of supply, and there's pent up demand. And then there's there's more people moving back to Ireland, uh, looking to buy. Um, like you look at Owen Riley's, I'm looking at in, at your screen drop there, and then I'm kind of watching. You know the demographic of the buyers in the Docklands, yeah, and 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 how you track that, and then a lot a lot of the buyers are expats moving back in, but uh, but a lot of them are are foreign buyers. Yeah. But at the same time, you're talking about all the investors that are pulling pulling out of the market, uh, out of the rental market. Your mo- your mom and pops. You know yeah, we so. we we just spoke with Mary Conway of the Irish Property mm-hmm. Owners Association and. The sentiment certainly across the rental market has just been getting progressively worse since 2016 yeah. with um, landlords continuing to leave. But I, yeah. I suppose kind of leaving leaving the housing aside for a moment, you're involved in one of the really interesting sectors at the moment, which is so difficult to read and to understand the data on. And that's the hospitality market, because there seems to be almost mixed commentary coming out. So what's your take on kind of bars and restaurants at the moment? Um I think it's a tough market. I think what's happened is a lot of people might have gotten through COVID and they might have invested in the property for outside seating. They've gotten through COVID and they're back open. Business is good, but the, the issue there is running costs and staffing. And your 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 electricity costs are up 30, 40 percent, and a lot of them are surviving, but just about. But if they if they're going to get hit with an extra that increase from nine percent to thirteen point five percent, it could put put real pressure on them. Um, but like generally speaking, I've 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 kind of rented out three or four uh, cafe units recently. Uh, they've all gone well, but it's uh, and good quality operators coming in. Um, but at the same time, it's tough. Like it's, some people in the hospitality industry might have to check their hours. So instead of being open seven days a week. And uh, they might just open Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, uh, and that's due to staffing or due to energy costs. So, is it worth your while running with all your electricity on? You know, your 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 cooker. Yeah. You know, once your cooker's on, you could be cooking for one person. You could be cooking for eight on the same cooker. So, so I I don't know enough about it. I can just yeah. see the 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 demand is there, and uh, the good operators will survive. And uh, but at the same time, will there be a few casualties? I'm starting to see a few more uh, receiverships or liquidations involved now. And what what are your expectations of that market over the next kind of eighteen months? Um, I think what's happening is the, the the yield rate is changing because it's seen as a higher risk. So what might have been a six percent yield might go to seven percent yield. So it could be you know fourteen time multiplier. Uh, you know, so it's it's not as attractive an asset class. Uh, some investors might jump into it, thinking that they get value now, and then it'll balance its way out as uh, as say electricity costs even out over time. You know, there are talks. You know, you 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 get the the minister uh, talking about reducing energy costs. Other 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 talks about trying to keep the energy costs down uh, we'll, we'll see how that pans out but at the moment uh, it's, a, it's a tough market 
Yeah. And I, I'm trying to recall the last time we spoke, I know we talked about co-working spaces. Yeah. And that's an area that's just blooming at the moment. Um it's right across up. the country. Yeah. yeah so think, what kind yeah. of what kind of projects are you working on right now or what are you seeing kind of through your client base? Uh well what I'm seeing is I suppose you know flexible space. Uh it's all about kind of creating that near nearly a lot of guys are looking for Flexible lease terms, like your serviced office providers are flying it and uh, they've gone up again. I, I think it's probably 25% of the market now, as opposed to 15%, because at a time of uncertainty, you can tie in with a 12 month contract and your, 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 all your costs are set. So say, for example, a lot of the operators that might charge 500 euro per, per desk. Uh, per person so you know straight away that that's 500 euro per person that cost won't change that's tied in for 12 months if 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 the market changes you can you can reduce uh, and it gives that flexibility there but i think everybody's upping their game in terms of what they're providing so they're they're, they're nearly providing a third space so instead of just your your georgian office they're providing a georgian office with a you know with a cool breakout area or a cafe or you know, extra facilities or amenities, like, you know, they have to encourage people back into the office. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's providing all the extras. It's, it's the extra meeting room space, but you know, it's, it's, it's like that. Some, some people roll it in and you get your, your water, your teas, your coffees all included in that. But, you know, that's, that's your service office space, but then there's more competition coming in. You know, you've, you've Paddy McKillen entering the market, you know, you, you, you've other operators coming in and they're all trying to outdo themselves. You, you, you know, it's, it's it's getting more competitive, but a lot of it's down to location. It's 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 the prime central business districts. Okay, they're opening now in Cork and other areas and will it go out throughout, throughout the country? Probably will, but it's a good solution. Uh, yeah. Service well, office space is, 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 is certainly on, on the growth. Um, and in terms of flexibility, uh, the other option is flexible lease terms. So before it was a, a longer term lease, whereas now there's a bit more flexibility. You know, people are getting offered, you know, breaks in year three in some cases, which is tying in with what, what's, what's available in Europe uh, because there's uncertain, uncertainty there. A lot of it with the tech market as well, that's, that's kind of driving the market. And, and then you'll have grey space churn where... Yeah. Guys have gray space that they're not using. And then, you know, they're more open to doing short term because, you know, they might grow back into the space as well. So that'll start start coming through a bit more now. It's a very different marketplace. I was surprised very recently I spoke to somebody who's looking at kind of a, a headquarters shift. Yeah. And I was so surprised to learn that, you know, they're they're only looking at uh, newly built kind of headquarters spaces that have been developed within the last uh, five years. And they were looking at some of these grey spaces that you talk about, um, you know, the headquarters that are being subleased for a certain amount of time. But they 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 were surprised and I was surprised to hear that um, even even those developed within the last five years are falling short of really the the standards you'd expect, you know, in terms of LEED or BREAM or, or other uh, standards that I would have assumed every headquarter delivered, a, a headquarter type space um, in the office market being delivered over the last five years would have just had that almost a standard, but that doesn't appear to be the case. 
No, I, I think what's happened before is that the incentives weren't there and you, you, you weren't forced to do it. Uh, whereas now it's 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 literally box ticking. If you're not bringing excellent, or if you're not, if your building isn't uh, up to scratch, it'll 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 go further down the list. Uh, and then there's there's always so there's always the retrofits, where you know a, bit, a building might just might rent if it unless it's it's retrofitted. So a building that could be 20, 25 years old might have to be completely revamped. But it's, yeah. it's 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 trying to get that. Um, it's not just it's it's the workplace wellness of the building as well. Uh, so it'll have to be bringing excellence. Like this new builds, it could be using ecosem. You know, they could be generating electricity. It could be uh, geothermal. It could be solar. Uh, you know, it's it's bringing it up. Uh, it's 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 and then and then it's it's there's more to it. It's a case of your 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 planting uh, could be pollen on the roof uh it could be really cool place making you know they're just lifting it up like i i think i put her are now trying to put a value on 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 place making for your common areas and they're doing a survey with uh i think it's with hassel and um, prd and gal architects so they're trying to see what's the financial benefit of it of getting your 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 third space area like your your garden area or your breakout area up to up to certain standards for the public for, for um, the public. Yeah, I, I I hadn't heard about that. And certainly in Ireland, I put a really leading the charge in terms of their placemaking. But that would be fantastic if they were putting together the business case for this, because actually hmm. then we will see people follow suit beyond kind of the the tick in the box exercise that we're seeing for some ESG metrics. It's trying to quantify moment. it. It's trying yeah. to it's trying to say, okay, if you want to if you want a headline rent of 65 euro a square foot, yeah. you know, you, you need to be upgrading the areas in around the office. Uh, you need to be creating an area where the public can go and walk and enjoy and, and enjoy spending time. You're, you're, you're giving back to the area, but at the same time, it's the office tenants in the area that benefit from it. It's the, it's yeah. the residential blocks that benefit from it. So, you know, it's but, just trying to quantify that uh, and see okay, because we're doing this, we'll end up getting a higher rents or people might want to take a longer lease. They might want to, you know, they might be very happy there, rent longer. So, Yeah, I, I think that's an amazing initiative. Actually, I'm definitely going to watch that one with interest. And I saw in the UK, maybe last year or 18 months ago, uh, in the built rent sector, uh, a similar initiative was undertaken where one of the companies actually kind of set out to prove the business case for uh, incorporating some elements of placemaking, but also breaking down the amenities uh, at a, um, you know, at a micro level so that you could actually, you could actually show which, which you could prioritize the business case for each of the individual amenities. And mm. it was a really, it was a very compelling study because actually suddenly it went from these things being nice to have, or this being almost a socially driven initiative to actually saying, no, this is good for business as well. So it's it's good. It's good business, but it's also good for the occupants. Um, and I know that that's particularly important across the built rent sector. And in Ireland, I don't think we've really we've gotten to that point. I think we don't have that level of maturity in the marketplace yet. But it's well, certainly something I'd like, like to get to. I suppose we're a smaller market, but we're getting there. We're we're we're, we're seeing what people are doing over in in London. Are seeing what they're doing in the states and trying to implement it here. Uh, and then it was the whole impact of, of lockdown and then, you know, your market, your flexibility here 
people were working, you know, maybe four or four days a week. Uh, it could be, you know, Monday or Friday off. And then you're you're nearly trying to encourage people back into the office. So then you're having to offer the extras. It's your, you know, your cafe, your breakout areas. Some companies are kind of, you know, you're putting on yoga classes, you're putting on the extra things to encourage the office staff back. Uh, yeah, you know, not just the younger staff that need to work there, but more trying to encourage the older staff back. That the guys who have the office at home are, you know, are, are are getting comfortable working at home. You know, they need need to come back into the office. But at the same time, flexibility, uh, working from home, um, that's here to stay. But but it could be your your three four day week, uh, you know. But it's 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 here to stay. That's the thing. You know, and I, it, that, that's a really good note to finish on as well, because I agree with you. I think flexibility, working from home, but actually working from home also bleeds into the co-working spaces in rural and regional areas as yeah. well, which I think is a really strong one. Um, so just before we finish up, I, like, Robert, I also have chatting to you because you're uniquely across so many different sectors. that So you have a view that maybe not many professionals have that, you know, you're interacting with developers on the residential and, and different areas within the commercial market as well. What are your expectations or, or what are you sensing from your clients um, for the next year to 18 months? Uh, I think this, the, there was a lot of uncertainty. People were holding off on buying development sites towards the end of the end of 22. Uh, what they're starting to do is come back and revisit that now. Uh, and I think when 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 pricing starts to level off a bit, more clients will jump in. Uh, housing at the moment is 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 predominantly the, the big interest. Uh, in terms of office, it was a bit uncertain, but I, I think towards you know quarter three, quarter four, uh, there'll be more more interest in development land or more schemes getting getting pushed through. Uh, but at the same time, the, the the planning system has to be fixed or there has to be a you know, there has to be solution to it where it, it, it's 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 a bit more streamlined. Final question, Robert. What does yeah. fixed look like for the planning? I mean, you talk about planning having to be fixed. What does fixed even look like? It, 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 I, I suppose what, it's, what can be salvaged from what we have? Well, trying to, like, ideally, if you could get, you know, good pre-planning engagement, uh, you know, and, and try and have a timeline where a realistic timeline where it's not pushing out beyond 18 months, uh, you know, where somebody, you know, has a good indication that if they work with the planners, that ideally they'll be able to get planning within six to 12 months. I know most subject to planning deals have an 18 month timeline with a pushback for six extra months, but that's, that's two years, uh, and that that would just put pressure on funding. Um, but look, I'm not I'm I'm not in that space. I'm not sure how to fix it. But if there was more pre-planning engagement and uh, uh, like a, a a a process process that worked with different developers, uh, like the 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 demand is there. It's 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 it's, it's just providing that supply for. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir to me in terms of pre-planning engagement. I've always felt that, you know, particularly as there's been a rise in um, objections and uh, observations and essentially more um, community involvement, which we welcome because planning is a public function. 
getting the pre-planning engagement right just makes sense at this stage. And I, yeah, I think, of course, it does. And, and most yeah. of the time, a lot of the end users are are, are approved housing bodies. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you're you know, I'm on a scheme at the moment, and and they're struggling. They're they're in for fifty. 50 units for, I think it's 50 units for Focus Ireland, and they're struggling to get planning for Focus Ireland elderly, mm. you know, through third party objections, and, and it's caught up in the planning system. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to get that fixed where you're nearly trying to, you know, bottom it out at, at the start within realistic timeline and, and, and try and push to get that, that, that supply there. Yeah it's a difficult time to do because people are just so angry and it's difficult to see that getting better within the life of the current government and even within the life of the likely next government so well, the staff like it's like if you if you if, if somebody is looking to rent uh, an apartment now it's, it's so difficult to rent an apartment uh you know you, you've you've put a stop to co-living uh you know that's been banned but at the same time there's not enough rental accommodation here and if you're looking at Ireland and the amount of inward um, immigration coming into the country and we just we, we, we can't supply um, uh, enough apartments for them. Yeah and, and I, 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 yeah, I think uh, Ronan Lyons in the currency writing on the currency recently mm-hmm. said that it's 10,000 units coming to the rental market per year or per month per month that we need mm-hmm. if, to, to keep that turnover functional so 10 coming to the market, like whether they're new or coming back to the market. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, I think we've something like, you know, 2,600 2, or just over 2,500. So, yeah, we're, we're drastically below. Um, in terms of policies, are you expecting any, any policy changes within the next 12 months that are likely to make an impact on housing delivery? Um, I suppose it's, I, 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 I'm not too sure. Uh, I thought there might be something to do with that. Uh, but I, I I don't see that coming true. Uh, but you know, like it, I suppose it, you know, more so with 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 apartments. Uh, I I think the state need to get involved with schemes that aren't viable. They're on their way to doing it, but it it, it hasn't it hasn't started coming in. Uh, there's a lot of schemes that at the moment developers are going to hold off and building until the bill costs come down. It's just not feasible at the moment. And, and nobody's going to build for a loss. You know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you build for a loss, you're out of business. So it's it's, yeah. it's a difficult situation. Is, is there going to be something done on that? Is it going to be contribution towards each apartment? Um, something has to be done because otherwise it won't get built in a lot of cases. So Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like we've been saying that for a while that it is something... Uh, that at some point policymakers are going to have to wake up and see that what they're doing isn't working and that actually it's going to take some drastic uh, policy changes to turn the ship around as quickly as we need it. But um, unfortunately, I, I've been optimistic for too many years now. Um, I'm, I'm losing sight of the optimism. But listen, that, that that's probably as many problems as we can tackle in one day. So thank you for being <laughs> well, so generous yeah. with your time. Um, no problem. So, That was Robert Colloran of Robert Colloran Consultants. And we need to take a quick break now. Stay tuned.